God and to each other. Yeah, so You're right. giving it to each other. And I just wanted to say thank you for yeah. that. You know, there's something very powerful about being together. And part of what we've missed isn't a fact that we were not the church. What we've missed over this time is the power of all of us being together in one, in one room. And there's something supernatural about this. I, I love the fact that we look around and we're in a new place and you're sitting in some very comfortable chairs. So don't fall asleep. Come on. That's what I'm saying. But this isn't about a moment of presentation. This is about a moment of invitation. Inviting us to join in. That's why the stage is in the center. It's because we wanted to put word and worship in the center of life. This is a physical picture of what spirituality really is all about. The community of faith is all about. That as one, we all come. We all come to the word. We all come to worship the one who gave us the word. So although there's something new in here that you're sitting on or that you're sitting in the midst of, I believe that God wants to do something new inside of each one of us. That, that this isn't just a service, that this is an opportunity to be redeemed, be set ablaze for the, the passion of the Holy Spirit to come and touch each and every one of us today. And so as we get ready to worship, can I really invite you, invite you to, to come and Lift up your hands, lift up your voices, lift up your hearts. We're going to worship to this amazing song called Graves to Gardens. And it's what God can do to us and in us, that He can take stuff that was dead and make it alive again. Not just in salvation, but in reconciliation and redemption of relationships and healing and health and wholeness. My God is a God. Who, who still does the miraculous. My God is not a God of philosophy. He's a God of the miraculous. And so today I want to invite you to come and join Him. Come and lift up your hands and your hearts to Him. As you sing these words, may it be a proclamation, God, you can turn my graves, the things that died in me, into gardens. My God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond everything I ask, hope, and think. We're not looking for a church service. We're looking for an encounter with a living God to tell Him how much we love Him. Yes. It's not just to experience His love. It's to tell Him how much we love Him. So can you just stand with us really quickly? Father, yes. in the name of Jesus. Daddy, on this Independence Day, we know that many are celebrating the birth of a nation. And for others, there is a sense still of sorrow of what that nation was not and is still not to many. But Daddy, the one thing that we know we can all celebrate together today is your love for us. Yes, God. We know that the one thing that unites us above all things yes. is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And yes, Jesus, God. we're yes. all about you today. In this room, in our hearts, we've come to praise you. So we lift up our voices as one. We make one sound, yes. one praise to glorify one God. Come, Lord God, turn the graves of our lives into gardens. And let our voices praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen.
Come on, church, let's worship him. Connect, church. Let's sing this together for a God who brought us from death into brand new life. I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Because I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. But then you came along and you put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing. Yeah. 
the only one that can save us. You're the only one, Lord God, that can redeem us from ourselves. Today, Daddy, we've come in with so many different things. We've wandered so many different paths over the last year and a half. We've struggled with so many different issues and attacks and schemes of the enemy that's tried to undermine us. But today, Daddy, we say one thing, that in the name of Jesus, we are set free. In the name of Jesus, we are healed. In the name of Jesus, we've got power. In the name of Jesus, we will live again. We trust you. Holy, holy, holy. Church, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Fill this place, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. We give you permission. Come, come, come and move. We don't want a moment. We want a movement, Lord God. A movement of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Come on, and together in faith we say amen, and amen, and amen, and amen, and amen, and amen. Woo! Hey, as you're being seated, just turn to somebody, say hi, elbow bump them, fist bump them, give them a wave. Whatever you feel comfortable with, we'll hop on in, take a seat. Yeah, I love that song. You know, it's funny because everybody can see you worship now. I know, I love it. So you're caught between becoming more undignified than this <laughs> and being extra dignified because of this. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel it? Yeah, totally. I just, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that we actually get to see, to look across because for a really long time you can forget that there are other people in that race, Amen. right? Yeah. In the races yep. that we've been in, um, you can forget that there are those sojourners in there. And there's, uh, it's very reassuring when you can look across and you can see that there are still people standing, Amen. right? We might yeah. be weak, <laughs> we might be weary, uh, we might be relieved, but we're, we're here. Come on, we're here. we're here, we're still here, yeah. <laughs> We, we, were talking, we were talking this morning on the way in just about how, I'm, you know, I'm, I can't really imagine this, but for me, I, it's how I can imagine it, that it's like um, a spouse coming home from a tour of duty, and there's such excitement. I love those videos, right, when the, the spouse surprises, right, the, the soldier surprises their spouse or their family. There's such excitement, but then there's a relearning. Then there's a re-engagement of intimacy. Then there's a, hey, both of us went through some different traumas along the way, and we've got to learn maybe to live this marriage differently. And in this room, that's what this is. Because this isn't a church service, this is a, a family. And all of us have gone through different traumas. And it's so exciting to be back together. I know for many of you, this is your first time back. Um, last week we had uh, uh, some people, you know, we, ha- we opened up the doors for the first time and people came and then this time it's, some, some of you are, in, uh, uh, this is your first time and it's a relearning 
we're celebrating, we're excited. But there's been some trauma in people's lives. I want to let you know you're not alone. We are all still standing. And we're not standing because we're worthy, and we're not standing because we're good enough. We're not standing because we're holy enough. We are standing because Jesus Christ is above all things. And I can trust in him. He's my rock and my salvation. So, Amen. Amen. Yeah, you you know, in the last year and a half, you know that everybody has been going through something. And you can kind of know that. We knew that before the last year and a half, but there's nothing... There's never been a moment where I felt like we have been able to globally look at each other. I know. And said we have just been through something. And and what you were just saying kind of rings true with me that there's a lot of um, worn and torn hearts. There's a lot of hearts that are excited. There are a lot of hearts that are coming back to life. But I said before, it takes a while to come back to life sometimes. Yes, it does. Uh, You can get those first gasps there back going in your lungs. But some things you have to relearn. Yep. And that's kind of part of the whole concept of re-entry um, into a lot of different things because our world is not the same as it was yes, a year and a half ago. And it shouldn't be the same. And it shouldn't be the same that's right. as it was a year and a half ago. So it's not, it's not all loss. And I think that that's a beautiful thing, that if we can get through the loss, that we see that it's not all been lost. Yes. That even in the midst of so much loss, there has been a lot of gain and potential for gain in us as human beings and as us as disciples of Christ. Yeah, I mean, in church, that's why this is different. So when you can't, we didn't just uh, want to redo a new building so that we could have a, a new way of building church. We, we realized that um, all of this needs to be different because we need to approach the kingdom different. We need to approach the king differently. We, we're, we, are, we are living in a very different time post pandemic than we did pre-pandemic. Just like for some of us, many of us who uh, um, li- came, uh, lived before and after 9-11. Before 9-11, we lived one way. After 9-11, there was a shift. Same way now. And that's why we believe. That's why part of why we're encouraging you and inviting you. Like we are ecstatic that, that people are here this morning, that we know that there are people online watching this morning on vacation. We're not hating. Uh, a little. A little. A little, but no. Uh, and it's great. Um, but this, this is a part of life. But we really want to encourage each and every one of us to take the next step into discipleship. Really, it's not just about having a great church service. It's about becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so we know for men, we, for men we've been having um, our men's uh, 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 discipleship groups. They meet throughout the week. It's called Forged. And uh, you can check out on Linktree and you don't have to have been a part of it before. It's, it's there. You can pick any night, but uh, I do the teaching on video, and then you do live interaction with, with, with people who can do life with you, and will hold you accountable. Like, they're not, they're not giving you the 10 questions, right? The, or did you do this? They're just trying to help life, because I don't know about you, but I, I need, I, 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 need, I need it, because um, the heart is deceitful above all things. And I can lie to myself, but it's really hard when I have honest brothers around me to lie to them. And I need it because uh, it's not about being, it's not about being good. It's about actually growing and falling in love with my king. And there are things that keep me from that. And I want to get rid of those things because he's worthy of my love. And it's virtual. So um, that's that's something that we've actually found is helping people be able to be more consistent with it because 
you know, you're not having to drive somewhere, you're not having to drive back somewhere, and it's something that, because you know how it is, you're like up to some, sometimes five minutes before you leave, you're oh, yeah. still deciding if you're actually going to go to the place. Right? Yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and so sometimes it's easier to just be like, okay, I'm just going to sign on, let me just be there, instead of like, I'm going to get in the car and yeah. I'm going to deal this. So it's, it's well, been something that we've actually found. I don't know what to do with the kids. I don't, I, 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 how exactly do I hurry right, up yeah. and get through dinner to, yeah. you know, get out the door? Like, it's just all those yeah. things. And we have, um, the ladies have what we call shoulder to shoulder. And that is a, something that we do weekly again. And it's me and it's also some of the other ladies on team. And we are just working through the word. I think yeah. for me, um, that's kind of how I just naturally study the Bible anyway. God kind of just, I don't always study something topically. I sometimes God just kind of sits me in a passage. And I think that there's always so much to to experience and yes. to discover when you are willing to kind of camp out yes. in um, in the Word, and that's what He's been doing with us, and we're we're doing it virtually too. So, yeah, so it's been it's been yeah. a, it's been a new thing doing things virtually, but at the same time, it's been a beautiful thing. It is, yeah. it, it is, and yeah. and at the end of the day, um, there's a cost to discipleship, but if we can help manage that cost, that that helps as well. So one of the things uh, we want to just say too, I know we made this announcement last week just a little bit, but um, I'm really excited, and we're going to hop in the Word in just a second, but I'm really excited about, we are not done building here. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, that's hard for me to say because uh, I just managed to build for a year and almost, thank God for hair dye, because uh, it, thank God. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Um, but uh, we have a whole middle section, and for many people you may not know that, it, that, that how this all started was we got hit by a tornado a couple years ago, uh, the, Sunday, uh, the Friday after Easter, and destroyed our whole kids section in the middle of the building. Um, and so we, had, we thought last year that we were going to uh, rebuild all that and, and bring it up three stories and kind of redo the whole uh, worship center in the middle section. And we had all those plans drawn up and everything ready to go. And literally the week before, we had everything ready. Our, our, our attorney was reviewing the contract. The week before we were going to sign the contract to do it, the pandemic hit. And uh, how many of you know that that changed a lot of plans, right? Including lots of our own. Uh, and so out of that, you know, really birthed this vision um, and, and really changed what God had inside of us. Um, but what he did is he, he enabled something that we always wanted to do but couldn't do before this to happen in the middle section. So uh, starting soon, we've, we've been meeting with some architects. We are going to transform the middle section into uh, two things. One is our, we, we partner with Carson Wentz's A1 Foundation doing a, a mobile food truck ministry. Many of you are part of that called Thy Kingdom Crumb. We feed people all over uh, the greater Philadelphia area. We've been doing it every week, even during the pandemic. It's been incredible. People are getting saved. They come to know Jesus at it. For us, food is the means, but Jesus is the end. It's not about feeding people. It's about using food to, come on, what do I say about food? Food is people glue, right? It's exactly. Many of, you, many of you are going to go have picnics today because food is people glue. We just wanted to, and, and so we're, we're, we, we have a building down on 70 for that. We're actually going to bring that into the middle section and make it three times the size of what it is so that we can also do things like bring single moms in for single, you know, and bring uh, first responders in to honor them and to bring kids in the spectrum to be able to, uh, to, to feed them and honor them, have special nights and those kind of moments. Um, because we, we believe in that church is not just a Sunday morning moment. 
that the church is about actually taking the gospel, finding ways to take the love of Jesus into our, into our community. The second part of that is going to be a marketplace, which uh, is going to be able to give away free home goods uh, and all sorts of great stuff to people in our community, totally for free, to be able to come in and, and get what they need and find hope here as well. And through the whole pandemic, we've had people come in unknowing and ask for things, and we've had a whole st- bunch of stuff in there, and we were, we've been giving stuff away through the whole pandemic as it is, and people have come to know Jesus just in the middle of those things. Church, this is, what a, what a great invitation. This isn't what we do. This isn't what Danielle and I do. This is what we do. This is what Connect Church is about, because we're not just about having really cool Sunday services. We are about being the church of Jesus Christ to our world, and there may never have been a time in history Never been a time in history that community needs to feel and experience the real love of Jesus. The real love of Jesus. Not what they think Jesus is. Not what they think the church is. Not what they've seen or read about. Really experiencing the love of Jesus. And that happens when we meet them right where they are. Right where they are. Jesus didn't make the leper come to him. He went to the leper. Come on. Jesus saw people who were in need and not only healed them but led them to the forgiveness of their sins and the love of the Father. And that's what we hope to do. So all this is uh, in process. It's exciting. I'm excited. I don't know about you. Are you guys excited? That's stuff for you to be able to be a part of, which is so good. Yeah, we're gonna get no, we're gonna hop in the word. I know, I know you brought your Bibles. I know yes. I know many of you I saw Thanks this now. week after, la- I mean, after, after Pastor Danielle actually. Remember we it, talked about this last week. I said, you know, God kind of put it on my heart, even though Kyle and I will both be the first people to say that the fonts of our old Bibles have um, diminished. Yeah, like, yeah so, exactly. So we are having to write larger. Does anyone and feel larger? me? You know what I'm saying? I just said Danielle was like, bring you know, everybody bring your Bible next week, and I'm like <laughs> My Bible's print. I don't know what happened to it. It's I like went in the dryer and exactly. shrunk. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Totally. What happened? Totally. But what it happened? reminds us. It reminds us. Because when we look at our phones, everything is subjective. Yeah. And this reminds us when we're looking at it that this is the truth. Yes. This is our hope. This is our strength. This is the fullness right. of Christ. And it just, some, I've, I've, I've said many, for many years now that there have been times when I've gone through so much pain in my life that I've had to sleep with my body. It's been like the physical presence of comfort that God has reminded me that he is there. So never underestimate holding, holding the word in your hand outside of a phone. <laughs> I can't tell you that, truly the number of times I've come into the bedroom and Danielle will be asleep with the Bible next to her and her glasses <laughs> on top of the Bible. I thought you were going to stand on top of my head. Because it fell off your head <laughs> under the Bible. But it's just true. I love it. Hey, um, since you have your Bible, open with me to Ezekiel chapter 37. Uh, and if you don't have your Bible, it's going to be on the screens. Um, but uh, I, I always encourage you to bring your word because there's things that you can underline and go back to. And I know today's 4th of July. Um, and, and 4th of July for me always makes me think about, I know this is probably strange, maybe it doesn't for you. It makes me think about armies and battles. And... Uh, and when I think about armies and battles, I think about how generals win battles by looking for live soldiers who are willing to die for them. But the kingdom of God is so opposite. The kingdom of God is so upside down. It's so counterculture to normality that Jesus 
is looking for dead soldiers who will live for him. And the beautiful thing about the text we're going to look at today is that you can't make yourself alive, but God can. And it doesn't matter how you've come. That he can meet you just where you are and actually bring life into you into every section of your life. And maybe there are things that are alive in you, and maybe there are things that are dead in you, but God is not put off by the dead things. My God is a God who can actually turn the dead and make them alive. The, 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 the beautiful central, central truth of Christianity is not that a man died on a cross. It's that the man who died on the cross rose again. That my God is a God that can take dead things and make them alive again. And so there's things in us that have died during the pandemic. There's some hope in you, some dreams in you, some relationships in you. And we've already surrendered to the fact to believe that those things are dead and dried up and that it's an impossibility. My God is a God of the impossible. And so today, I just want to encourage you, my God can breathe life to those things. D, you know, this text is about uh, living, but there's a cost to living, isn't it? That's what we're going to talk about today. The title of our message is that the cost to that life. And in our world, it seems to be higher and higher. And as we get ready to read this text, just for historical background, this text is written to the children of Israel while they're in Babylon, in captivity, under oppression. They're in a culture that cannot stand who they are, what they stand for. They are following a leader who believes he's a god, and therefore everything he says must be truth, even if it is opposed to God's truth. I don't know about you, but that does not sound like our culture at all. (laughs) And yet God shows up in the midst of this and says, you believe because of your circumstance that nothing can change. You believe that because of the, 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 the way that you are in the midst of this moment, that you don't have the power to be different. And he said, you're right. You don't have the power to be different, but I do. You cannot cause yourself to live, but I can cause you to live. There is new life today. Not just a one-time altar call moment. I'm talking about life in Jesus Christ. New life. Born again, resurrected life. Life that is meant and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And when he said it is finished, he meant everything, every scheme of the enemy against you has no power. Every weapon formed against you has no power. There is power in the name of Jesus. My God can make dead things live. Ezekiel 1, we're going to read just a little bit. It says, the Lord took hold of me. You can underline that. And he brought me out, of the, uh, out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. And it was full of dry bones. And he led me uh, around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the ba- valley. And behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Oh, Lord God, only you know. (laughs) Doesn't that sound like a cop-out? I don't know. You know, God. Sometimes that's all you got. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay... Uh, sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come on you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know then that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a sound uh, and behold a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone and I looked and behold there were sinews on them and flesh had come on them and skin had covered them but there was no breath in them. There was a form but no power. 
Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. The breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet. An exceeding army. An exceeding army. God wasn't just creating individuals. He was creating an army. Um, two things. One, one thing is, is uh, totally logistical. But John, I realized today that uh, when I read and we move, I feel like I'm going to pass out. <laughs> so I'm going to be reading something. So if you wondered why I started to like pull my mask down, is because I felt like, oh, I'm going to pass out. Thank you. <laughs> so when he's talking, sorry, guys, you with me? Everybody with me in the back? <laughs> I feel like this is such a better alternative than watching me pass out. Right? <laughs> uh, you know, but, um, make so for a fun story at the picnic today. For you. <laughs> Not for me. Um, but, you know, when, when we were talking about this whole passage between the two of us this week, I think what ended up actually sticking out to me was the very first line. It, usually when we read this passage, I'm so moved by the, the valley of the dry bones and all of that. But there was one line that stood out to me that I felt like God had me focus on. And it said, the Lord took hold of me. Mm. Come on. It's a simple line that you can feel like is the lead up into the actual thing that you're supposed to pay attention to. But the Lord took hold of me. The Lord, in some of the translations, say he, he grabbed me. Yep. The Spirit of the Lord carried me away. And... I was asking God, like, why is this something that you would have me focus on? And I just started kind of getting, like, visuals of all of us with God. And there were times when we were, like, holding hands, skipping through with joy. <laughs> and there were times when I was, like, pulling on God, asking him for stuff. Mm. And there was times when I was, had his hands in my hands, beseeching him. Yep. And there was times when I would even, like, hold his hand to the side of my face when I needed comfort. But what I realized is every time I was seeing that, it was me holding God's hand. And it was never him holding my hand. Wow. And I would let him hold my hand. But I never saw, I never saw me letting him initiate holding my hand. And the reason that I think that God was showing me that is because we can romanticize the concept of being carried away. Yeah, true. We can romanticize the idea of God taking a hold of us. And usually that sounds so beautiful, and even it sounds like something we would aspire to because of the benefit that it would bring to us. Like if you really dig down into that, right, it would be because we would gain something. We would get the comfort that we were looking for. Right. We would get the answer that we were seeking. We would get the joy that we were wanting. We would, get, we would 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 get. And if you read this, the, the, the result of God being able to take a hold of Ezekiel was that the Spirit of God took him among yeah. dry dead bones yep. and it wasn't like um what are those things that they use to fly over things to get really cool camera shots now uh, drones. Yeah, drones 
It wasn't like a drone shot right from afar. When you read it, it's talking about how Ezekiel walked among it. Yes. And it takes a certain kind of intimacy with God mm. to want to yield to being walking around some things that have, de- have, have, have become dead. You know, we think, like I said, we think about the good stuff, the good things he's going to bring us, the joy and the answer to prayer, but the Spirit of God wanted to lead Ezekiel to things that he needed him to see. Yeah, true. And when I read that, all I could see was the importance to God of yielding his will, yielding yep. his will, yielding his will, not trying to mesh the wills to make them coexist. Yeah, that's it. We're really yep. good at that, right? Anyone else really yeah, good yep. at convincing God why my will is the best will? Yeah. And after all, it sounds just like his will. Yeah. Right? So, but this was a complete yielding to his will. And there's something that I want to read. <laughs> Hopefully I can get through it. Um, uh, there's a book. Love this book. That is very, very uh, meaningful to me. And it's called Conversations with God. It's Two Centuries of Prayers by African Americans. And it has taught me much. Mm. And there is an encounter that I would like to read to you today from it. And what I'm going to read to you is by a woman named Rebecca Cox Jackson. And she had an experience in the 1840s of uh, when she came to know Jesus and her conversion. And she was born into a free family, but she carried much in her spirit for her black community, and particularly women. And she ended up actually founding a Shaker community in Philadelphia on on Erie Avenue, of all places, like to read when you're reading a book and then you see your own city in there. And um, she talks about the story about when God got a hold of her. And it has shaken me that God chose to not ease her into what it would mean to live for him. It takes, it it just totally took my attention, the fact that when he had his encounter with her, he made it very clear about that yielding that we were just talking about and what that really looks like. Sitting by a table, the wind blowing in a terrible manner, I felt afraid and I thought it was not safe to be in the house. Yet I felt not to do anything without knowing whether it was God's will for me to go out or for me to stay in the house. And I felt a desire to pray. So I asked the Lord if I might and what I might pray for. And he said this, Pray to die to thy hearing. Then thou wilt rise in the hearing of thy Savior, 
and then thou wilt hear his voice and know it from all others. And you will then be able to always obey. Pray to die to your seeing and to rise in the seeing of thy Savior. And then thou wilt see the difference between God's holy will and your carnal will. So pray to die to thy smell, and then thou will rise in the smelling of thy blessed Savior. And then thou will smell the odor of holiness and the sweetness of his kingdom. Pray to die to thy taste and to rise to the taste of thy Savior, which is to do all his will in all things. And in that, he was always ready to suffer. True. For that was his Father's will. He came into the world to suffer, that you might be, be saved. And that is what I have called you for. But in your own taste, you can never do it. Your taste is to do your own will. True. And his taste is to do my will. So therefore, thou must die, that thou may live. Wow. Wow. And I think the, um, like that's yielding, church. That's yielding. I think sometimes we, we make being a disciple the same thing as being a believer, and they're not. Yep there's so many people that are believers but that kind of life that's the life of a disciple good that is an exchange of every one of your senses that tells you why you are right yeah so that you can live according to his senses which will tell you what is his will and i think sometimes when people first come to the lord uh we don't always do maybe a fabulous job of telling them that. Hmm. Uh, because we understand how God loves people so much that he wants them to be with him forever. And that is true. But he also wants them to be able to withstand in the, di in the days of tribulation here on this side yes. of the veil. He doesn't just care about us being with him on the other side of the veil. He cares that we are becoming people who can stand on this side of yes. the veil. There have been so yep. many that have been lost, church. Yes. There have been so many who have been lost. People you would never think would be lost have been lost. It's not a given if we are a believer yes. that we will live our lives as a disciple. That takes purpose. That takes yielding. There's that takes sacrifice. Yes. That takes living according to the odor of holiness. Yes. Yeah, I mean, do you, look, I, 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 you know, I think for me, um, and John, we can we can flip this back we'll so that we'll I can, try it, and so then if I, I like go people. like this, we'll just stop. No, it's great. Then we'll yeah. She goes one, like this. One way or stop another, then. we'll stop. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think I think I think what D is saying is so essential, church, because life um, flows at the intersection of the word and spirit. It, it's this collision point of God, who, who God, what God has said and who God is. 
And, and a lot of times we take one, we like one or the other. We like the feel of God uh, and maybe not necessarily the word of God or we are staunch on the word of God, come on. And we're not so much on the compassion, grace, mercy, who he actually is underneath of it. And, uh, and, and it's these two things meshing together. That's why God says to Ezekiel, it's not just the prophesied of the word and it's not just prophesied to the breath. It's prophesied to the word and prophesied to the breath. Both of these things cause a big bang of life that is inside of us. Uh, Ezekiel was supposed to prophesy to the word and prophesy to the breath. The breath in there, that Hebrew word is ruach. It's the, it's the breath of God. It's the spirit of God that came out of him. That when there was chaos in the world in the very beginning, it was that voice, that spirit that came out that stilled the chaos. I don't know about you, but... There's been a lot of chaos in my life over the last little while. There's chaos sometimes in my spirit. There's chaos. Anybody have chaos in your emotions at all, ever? And you're wondering why the Word's not doing it? Because it's the Spirit, the Ruach of God, that actually brings these two things together. Jesus said in John 5, 25, He said, Truly, truly, I say to you, the I am, the I am in Hebrew, the way that that is written would be, the great I am says I am to this. Am, uh, the, the, the amen says amen uh, to what I'm going to say. There's a time coming and has already come when I will speak to the dead and the dead will hear my voice and live again. He's talking about you and I. Like that's such a great thing and it's not a one-time moment. The voice of God brings the life of God. That's why, Peter, I mean, I'm sorry, that's why Paul says in Ephesians 2.1, he said, it is Jesus, it's God who made us alive when we were dead in our sins. We were dead. And I think this is what we've got to grab a hold of, or at least I hope we can this morning, Dave, what you were talking about, that cost to being alive. The cost of living is that we must be willing to prophesy to those things that previously rejected the truth. Ezekiel is seeing a valley of dry bones. He's seeing... Israel as it was. Israel had rejected the word of God, had rejected God's plan and purpose for their lives. So he's seeing in the spirit what they were in the spirit. They were dry and dead. And God says, you've got to be willing to stand up and to prophesy to things that once rejected the truth. Now, I know it's easy for all of us, right? We were talking about this. It's easy for all of us in this, uh, in this moment to think about, of course, we've got to be prophesying to our generation. Man, they, they done rejected Jesus. We got to prophesy to this nation. We, they done rejected Jesus. I got to walk, I know, I, there's about 10 people in my workplace I better be prophesying to because they've been, not, not, that's true. It's true. You and I have been called to be carriers of the truth. We've been called to be heralds of the gospel. We've been called to be salt and light into this world right into our community it is what we've been called to do but i want to challenge us to the deeper truth today because i think that's a shallow that 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 that's just what we should be doing because god changed us and saved us but there's a deeper truth here the cost that you and i as disciples must pay is this we must be willing to prophesy to those things in us that had previously rejected the truth. Yeah, yeah. harder. <laughs> mm, amen's got quiet. Harder, harder. 
Oh, yeah, I can stand up all day on social media, tell everybody how they rejected God and how this nation's rejected God and there's no prayer in schools and that's why kids are the way they are and there's this and there's that and it's easy to stand on my soapbox and point out all the things that have rejected the truth and all the while I'm not speaking to myself about the things in me that have rejected the truth. No, the reality is you and I, when we come to Jesus, we've been made new. There's a new creation inside of us, but don't get it wrong. There are still beliefs There are still generational ideas. There are still habits and lifestyles that we still are inside of us that have rejected the truth of God. Mm -hmm. And they haven't just rejected him. It continues to reject them. It rejects the word of God. It rejects the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Anybody? Mm -hmm. Anytime we start doing it and we go, I know I shouldn't, but. I know I shouldn't, but. That is the dry bones. That are coming to that 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 are sucking everything life out of us inside of us, and the problem is we've built kind of this ideology, built our own philosophies around why this is okay. And what makes it worse is their spiritual Christian philosophies. Mm-hmm. We find scriptures to kind of support what we want to support, mm-hmm. and reject those that would actually challenge mm-hmm. what needs to be challenged in us. And that's what happens in. So what, what, what's formed out of that is dry bones inside of us. Dry bones that are not irrigated by the word. Dry bones that are not irrigated by the spirit. And that's why it's easy sometimes, I think, as you were saying, Dia, as, as, as believers, mm-hmm. it's why sometimes we simply try to keep the peace and we call it grace. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, no, no, I'm just, I just want to keep the peace. But the Bible doesn't cost to keep the peace. The Bible calls us to make peace. Those two things are very different. Anybody? Vastly different. But we'll say, I'm just going to try to keep the peace, and we call it grace. But that's not grace. That's dry bone living. Or we'll just peace out because we don't have anything left inside of us to bring peace in. It's just easier to walk away than actually to see why. I, I'm, there's no condemnation in this because I've said it a thousand times, but, uh, you know, believers, especially if you go to men's conference, men's conference, some of you all have been there, some of you have been to our men's conference, and I'm sure I've said this a hundred times, happy wife, happy. <laughs> all the women, uh, you all know it. All the men were like, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't saying it. Happy wife, happy life. But the disciple says, healthy wife healthy life there's dry bones living inside of us that we've accepted as believers that are not pushing us to be disciples when I'm hurt in my relationship so often the dry bones will just say forgive and forget let's just move on but a disciple will rise up and say I know that forgiveness is a given but how can I restore is there a possibility to have healthy restoration because my God didn't just come to forgive me. He came to redeem me and restore me. So restoration is a kingdom concept, but it's not just forgive and move on. We've got to determine health in the midst of this. Sometimes in my social media, dry bones will rise up and make me try to protect the truth. But a disciple understands it's not my job to protect the truth. It's my job to share the gospel. 
I, I, would, I would just uh, say that uh, the, the truth doesn't need protection from people. But people may need protection from the way that you stand up for the truth. When I say, you know, a, a believer actually, I mean, a disciple wants to share the gospel. What, what is that? I mean, that's where we have to get to the bottom of this. It's, it's the word and truth. My ultimate goal isn't to get them to believe what I'm saying is right. My ultimate goal is to get them to believe in the one who said it was right. Yeah. Dry bones, though. Dry bones will create a form without power. That's what Paul tells us is the danger. And I will say I believe is the danger in modern day Christianity if we're not careful. Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.1, he says, but we have to understand this. In the last days, there will be come times of difficulty. Can somebody say amen? For people will be lovers of themselves. There's a whole lot of list after that, but we can stop right there. Because <laughs> yes. yeah. uh, we don't need to go any further. <laughs> lovers of themselves. And then he says, do you know what the result of that is? Having the form of godliness, mm-hmm. but denying its power. That word form in the Greek is morpho. It's where we get metamorphosis from. It's this. It's having everything you need to be transformed, but without the power to be transformed. It's the caterpillar in the midst of the cocoon without the power to be transformed into the butterfly. We have the right form. What our families need, what our future needs, what generations that come after us need, what our culture needs is not form of Christianity. It's actually the power of Christ flowing from the army of God. That's why we've got to be careful. Dean, I love what he does here. We've got to be careful that we can't confuse likeness with life. Because when he prophesies, the Bible says body comes together, but there was, no, there was no life in it. There was a likeness, uh, and everybody knows this is true. You were, we were just talking about Zoom, Zoom things, right? Over the last year, we've had lots of Zoom hugs. Yeah. Zoom hug, right? Zoom hug. How many of you know that's not, it's not the same thing. <laughs> it has the likeness without the life. Our dry bones, if we're not careful, will be tempted, will cause a temptation in us to have a form of Christian lifestyle, a form of Christian habit, mm-hmm. without the power of Christ in the midst of it. Well, I mean, if you're, this, the reason that we accept it is because if we're comparing uh, us to a pile of dry bones. Right. I'm not that bad. A body coming back into formation is pretty good. Right. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a, you can live a long time not alive and nobody notice. Say that again. You can live a long time not be alive and nobody notice. Wow. Wow. Yep. And yep. I have felt so compelled as a church, that's why I said what I said earlier, to with such compassion and understanding, mm. bring, uh, bring awareness to each other when we're not alive and help to revive people yes. when they're not alive without a condemnation of it. Correct. There's, there's times when you, you were talking before about like, sometimes you say, you know, that the whole thing you were saying about the happy wife, happy life, yeah. right? 
But then you go home and you're like, what is wrong that his wife has not told him to stop acting that way? <laughs> right? Like you on the other side of someone's like, right? You're like, why, why is like someone not waking him up to this? Or why is it? Because from the outside, you expect someone who loves that person to help them hmm. get right. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah, you would hope so. Yeah. But sometimes you don't register that you're not acting right until Correct. somebody that loves you comes and says, that's not right. Correct. And because I, bec you'll do that to me, and because I know that I love that you love me, I don't punch you first. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, <laughs> like, maybe. Like, but you know, because like, everything inside of you is like, no, uh. Yeah. Because I'm going by my senses. Yes. I'm going by what I feel. Yes. What I don't want to taste right now, That's right. which is I'm going to call it judgment, but it's truth. Correct. And I and I start using all of myself, but when, yes. when I stop and I remember. This man loves me, so he's not trying to harm me. Yes. So what is he trying to do? He's saying, Danielle, you have the form of life, but you are dead in this area. That's right. And, there, and God cares more about the, formation, about the life than the formation. He's not into faking people out with phony life. Correct. He needs the actual supernatural air to be inside of us so that we can actually stand. Absolutely. So that we, I can't say the reason enough, church. It's so that we can, is this okay? Because I know we're kind of going off. Track, You're good. But it's like, so we can stand. Yeah. So we can stand. Uh, sometimes we, we tell ourselves that it's, you know, so I can also bring the name of God and yep. the heartbeat of God and the hope of God to other people. And that is true because we are supposed to be carriers of his name. But it's also that so we can be strong enough in the day when we need to be so that our foundation Amen. goes beyond our subjective lifestyle. Like, That's right. oh, I just don't feel like doing this because my taste buds or this, that, yep. and the other thing. There's going to, like, if we have to be aware of the life that we are living in the middle of church, right? It's sometimes yep. like we need to wake up. We need to wake up and realize that, yes, I want the truth inside of me so that everyone I come in contact with, I can share that truth, but I need the truth inside of me so that I am one of the people that can actually stand as it gets harder, That's as right. it gets more real, as things come to steal the life out of you. It's not just, it's not passive attack. You don't just happen to have the life taken out of you. Correct. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. destroy. That is his end game. Your yep. death is his end game. And he has no problem if you look alive and well to everybody else. Correct. So that's the thing that we yep. have to start being, yep. paying attention to. When we talk about health, when we talk, we're talking yep. about a life and death yep. kind of source. Because even if we happen to be in this room today, it doesn't mean that we've been built yet to stand. Mm. And that is okay. I'd rather have a church in a silent room that doesn't know how to talk back to us and say amen. Come on. But actually be listening. Yeah. So that when you leave, the spirit of God inside of you when something is actually happening will start to testify to Come you. On. And you will say that's what it is. Yeah. Because that is real living. Because it doesn't matter what we amen in this room. Yeah. 
It doesn't matter what stands in this room when we're like, bless you, brother, bless you, sister, amen and amen. Correct. What matters is what we will be able to do when there isn't another one of us to encourage That's us. That's right. When we might not have the word to be able That's to right. hold it and see that if we have fed our spirits yes. more than we have fed our souls, that is how we will know that we were built to stand as disciples, that's not right. as mere believers. Absolutely. Good, D. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think what, part of what you're saying is so foundational that it's, it's, right, it's actually found right here in this text that the cost of living, the cost of, of, of life, it's not derived from anything inside of us. It's derived from everything beyond us. There was nothing inside of Ezekiel that could have caused those dry bones to live. There's nothing inside of you that could cause these things to change. Nothing. It's the centrality. We have to get back to the centrality of the Word of God, of the Spirit of God. Jesus said in John 4, 24, right? My worshipers will worship me in spirit and in truth. It's not either or. It's and both. It is the preeminence of the Word. It is the priority of the Spirit of God speaking in us and through us. It's We've got to start treating these things as holy. Holy. Holy means unmingled, untainted with anything else. Unmingled with my politics. Unmingled with my preference. Unmingled with my persona. Untainted by the way my, my, my community sees me or the people who will cancel me uh, will come against me. Come on. The truth is it's unmingled. That's what happens because when we mingle it, it creates dry bones in us. It's Jesus talking to the Pharisees in Luke 11. He said, you tithe and you rightfully should, but you've forgotten the reason of mercy, love, and compassion. It's great you've got a form on one side, but there's something more to it. It's not just the action of doing good. It is actually the, the, the encounter of the holiness of God, the Spirit of God that is living inside of us that brings life and that's why what we really want to encourage you with as we end uh, today is what Dee said just a moment ago. Is the Bible says that he walked amongst the bones. The cost of living a kingdom disciple life is that we have to walk among the bones. Among the bones. We cannot transform what we are unwilling to get into. Jesus got into human flesh because he wanted to transform human flesh. It's not just getting into our generation or our marketplace, walking among my marketplace and walking among my community. No, you're right. We are called to be salt and light, right? Isn't that what Matthew 11 says? We're called to be salt and light. But there are the bones of our past, the bones of our pain, the dry bones of our disappointments and our disillusionments over the last years of life. It's one thing to look at those bones and acknowledge that they're there. And it's another thing to allow those things to actually touch you and for you to actually begin to touch them. You know, I, I know there's a lot of people, we were just talking about this yesterday, I know there's a lot of people who love to go to cemeteries. And they love to look at gravestones and what, I know one of my friends, uh, Pastor, Pastor Jonathan Bounds, who is Liberty Harris's brother, and he's preached here many times, but he, he even has an app, right? He has an app where you go to gravestone, they tell you where gravestones are and all those things. It's awesome. I know there's a lot of people that like to go do that. I don't know very many people that would like to dig those bodies up and get into the midst of the grisly grossness of the bones that are within it. 
I know in our lives, we like to go to the cemeteries of things and look at the monuments of our successes and maybe even the gravestones of our failures. But we need to get into the grizzly bones that are dry inside of us. We need to get among them. We need to recognize them. We need to be willing to touch them. We need to get real and call them real. And then, and then, just like Ezekiel, start prophesying the word of God over them. Start prophesying the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, let these dry bones live. I'm not just saying, God, I've got them. I'm saying I want them to live again. I'm not just saying I have past hurts. I'm saying, Lord God, I'm trusting that you are the God that can make dead things live again. See, this is what we've got to grab a hold of. The cost of living intersects many times at, uh, at the place of your pain. At the place of your pain. Ezekiel's wife had just died. Think about that for a moment. Ezekiel's wife had died. In my mind, a compassionate God would sit down beside him and say, right. just want to let you know it's okay. Right. I got it, I understand. Do you know what the compassionate God does? He takes him to a place of death and asks him this question. Can these bones live? I don't know, God. Because in my experience, my wife didn't. I don't know. Because I missed the crap out of her. I don't know. Because just a few weeks ago, when I was crying out, that answer was different. That's right. Yep. But the truth isn't based on my experiences. It's not based on my pain. And it's not based on my perception. And it's not based on my preference. His answer is right. God, only you know. So here I am, I'm going to stand in the midst of my pain and I'm not going to allow the pain to actually begin to define me. I'm going to allow your spirit and your word to define my pain. And I'm going to believe that the God who actually loves me and is compassionate for me and died for me is able to make those dry bones live again. And I'm not going to tell you, Daddy, what they have to look like. And I'm not going to tell you how they're going to have to breathe. And I'm not going to tell you how they're going to have to walk. But what I do know is that you are the God that can make them live, can make them breathe, and can make them walk. So all I've got to do is trust in you. But my friends, if you and I are not willing to even acknowledge we have bones, how can they live? If we're not honest with ourselves and be willing to get amongst it, if we are more interested in developing our persona than we are developing the person. We'll never actually walk among those dry bones. But see, that's what my Jesus did. You want to know the gospel that we share? My Jesus went through the pain. He moved through the pain of the cross to get among the dry bones of an empty tomb. To roll a stone away on the third day to let you know that nothing dead in you can stay dead when he comes to town. My God is the God of the impossible. You may be feeling dead today. 
may feel like, whew, I made it through this thing called the pandemic. At least I'm back in church, and that's certainly a step in the right direction. That doesn't make the dry bones live. There's dry bones inside of you today. It's okay. It's all right you've walked in with them. It's all right you've had pain and loss. It's all right. It's just not all right to let those dry bones stay dry. Because the same God that said to Ezekiel, prophesy my word and my spirit and I'll bring life, is the same God who's here today saying the same thing to you. If he did it before, come on, church, he'll do it again. If he did it before, he'll do it again. If he did it before, he'll do it again. My God is not a respecter of person. If he did it for him, he'll do it for you. I'm just going to pray. Can we just pray together, maybe? This morning, my friends, I... My hope is not just that we believe in God and Jesus, in heaven and hell, in forgiveness and grace. I, my desire is for us to get to know and fall in love with the one who is the king over all those. And maybe today you walked in with a dryness inside of you, a dryness that you can't change because there's not the power inside of you to do so. But the same Jesus, the same Yahweh, the same Father, Son, and Holy Ghost that changed those dead bones into live people is the same Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that'll change you today. All it requires, all it requires is surrender. So if you're here today and you can just say, man, that's really what I'm looking for. I want the dead things inside of me to live again. and I can't do it myself, so I'm going to trust in Jesus. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. Whoever simply opens the door, I'll come in and I will change them. I will dine with them. I will restore them. I will change the, the graves and the gardens. Come on, I, I, I will actually restore. I will, I will take the ashes and restore it for beauty. Today is a day of transformation and change. And it just comes when we surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. So if that's what you want to do, whether you've never prayed this prayer before or whether you've prayed it before, but today you find yourself far from God, my friend, today, come home and just pray this with me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I've come to surrender all of my life. I've come to surrender all of my life. I'm holding nothing back. I'm holding nothing back. All I want is you. All I want is you. I realize today, I realize today that there are dry bones in my life. That there are dry bones in my life. That I can't change on my own. That I can't change on my own. So I am asking you, Jesus. So I'm asking you, Jesus. To send your word. 
to send your word to send your spirit to send your spirit to change me from the inside out to change me from the inside out and i'm asking you jesus and i'm asking you jesus to forgive me of all my sins forgive me of all my sins the things that made those things dry bones the things that made those things dry bones i'm surrendering to you I'm surrendering to you as Lord and Savior of my life. As Lord and Savior of my life. And I choose today. And I choose today to live from this point forward. To live from this point forward. Full on. Full on. For Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ. I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to look back. And I am not going back. And I'm not going in back. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Come on, can we give God just a yeah, just can. a shout of glory for people yeah. who made that decision today? Yes. Hey, yes. if you've made that decision today, we uh, if we have if we have if we have some of our forged and shoulder to shoulder leaders, can you guys just stand really quickly around the room? I know some of them are on vacation today. If you uh, are just a leader, you can just stand. I know I see Gary over there, Pastor John's over there, Pastor Rick's behind me, uh, Lisa and Kevin are in the other room, and we and have we, a, yeah, yeah, we have a book that we would love to to give to you and just pass along to you. Um, it will help you understand more of what we've talked about today and what it really means to, to go from that life of being a believer to truly being able to become a disciple. Yes. And the books are free. The first book is called The Surprise of Your Life. It was written by Pastor Rick, who's behind me, who's also my dad. And uh, he also wrote a new book, and it's called Letters to a Gen Zer. So if you have someone in your life, or if you are someone, who would love to read something that speaks your language, uh, I would just encourage you to make your way over and to just chat with him. Uh, if you, if, I know many of us have read this book, and it's extremely approachable. Yes, uh, it's very much, he uh, explains who Jesus is in a very understandable way, but also he shows us the heartbeat of God in a very caring and fatherly way. Um, and we would love to pass this on to you. So if after service you want to make your way over yeah. to Pastor Rick, that would be great. Make, find one of the people that stood today as a uh, uh, forged or shoulder-to-shoulder leader. They'll, they'll be more than happy to talk to you, to lead you over. Just spend a few moments. We won't take long, but we want to make sure that the decisions that are made actually are lived out. Help, help you live this thing out in power and in strength. You know, D, you talked about Gen Zers. I just want you to know, moms and dads, uh, teenagers, right now, we're, look, we're, we're in re-entry phase, right? So we're, we're taking the next, next couple of weeks to try to figure out how to do all this and who is who in the zoo and all the kind of stuff that happens when after a year or so of, of not being together. But we are, we are, we're having conversations about what youth looks like and how to do youth next and how to raise up another generation. Um, and so I just wanted to encourage you. We'll be letting you know more about that in the next little bit. But those conversations are going on now as well. And you know what? Those are also part of what we talked about before. Being so committed to not uh, birthing things out of this, this pressure yes. of necessity. But awaiting for people to really connect with their passion to how they would love to serve yes. in the house and then finding that space, talking to us about it. So instead of just asking people to fill in holes, 
really finding like, wow, that is something that means a lot to me. That's something that I have a passion for. That's something that connects to me. And then having conversations with us so we can match the things that God wants to do with the people that he wants yeah. to be doing them with. Beautiful. It's true. It's all part of it. It's all you part. You can sit, Gary. So sorry. Yeah, I know. Poor Gary and Lee. Gary's Kevin and so Lisa awesome. are over here. Gary I know. will stand, for, stand the forever. for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and by the way, Kevin and Lisa, just really quickly, come hey, back in here for a minute. These guys are our yeah. children's and family pastors. We love them. Kevin and Lisa McKinney. Yeah. They are doing amazing stuff with kids. This is funny. Last, uh, Lisa told on, uh, told on, uh, she, uh, they have a beautiful daughter named Olivia. And Olivia said to mommy, they were watching church on Monday because they're, they're obviously in kids during service. And Kevin and Lisa were watching kids, uh, I'm watching service on Monday. And Olivia said, uh, mommy, what is that? She said, oh, it's, it was church service. She goes, well, um, uh, kids looked a whole lot more fun than that did. And uh, the best thing is, she could have ever It is said, the best thing ever. Right? I, I know I should be offended, but I'm not. I think it's fantastic because you guys are doing a great job, and yes, we're so thankful for so everybody serving with you. Your whole teams are amazing. Guys, before we leave, we just want to take a moment to, to give and give you an opportunity to give. And giving is part of community. It's part of what empowers us to be able to continue to reach out and show the tangible love of God to people. And that's what we continue to want to do. Um, and that is, that's why, do you realize that's actually why God in, 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 um, implemented the tithe. He didn't do it because God is saying, oh, I want to tax people. God said here, we, I, he knew that there was going to be people always in community. Jesus said, the poor you'll always have with you. There's always going to be people who have need. Whether it's socioeconomic or emotional or mental, whether it's just a need for uh, their help with their kids or belief that their children can come back, freedom from addiction, there's all sorts of need in the world around us. Jesus, God implemented the tithe so that the Bible says so that there would always be resource in the house. So bring your, bring your tithe into the house so that there may be food in my house. So that people would know that this is a place that they could find help and wholeness. That's the heartbeat of who we are. It's the heartbeat of what discipleship looks like. It's saying, you know what? I want to be a part of all of that. Be a part of actually helping elevate and change people's lives in every way and in everything. We do that when we serve. We do that when we give. We do that when we bring people with us to church. We do that when we share the gospel with people at our workplace. We do that in so many various ways. And this is just one way, but it certainly is a way that we do it. Give and it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. I know there's a, a, a slide that's going to be up on the screen in just a moment. There's ways to give now. And this is part of the new, different kind of church that we have. Instead of having buckets that go around, we're, we're going to ask you to do what you feel comfortable doing. Do what you are convicted in your heart to do as an offering of praise to God. There's a couple different ways that you can give. There's these envelopes that you're going to find in those kiosks over on the side. And you can always give with those and put those in the kiosk as, as you go. But can I encourage you, just don't drop it in. Can I encourage you, man, just... When you're going to do it, say, God, I love you. 
but make it an offering of praise. Don't just, don't just drop it in. Don't do it. You're not doing Come on, this is not like, hey, I'm going to tip God. Let me just tip God. Hey, hey I, I had good service today. I'm going to tip God. This is God. You're awesome. Man, if I could give you everything I would, this is just a part of who you are. I just want to love you. Drop it in. I, I give by online, and we can give through Linktree. That's up there. And I'm just going to just take a moment even now, just in service. Uh, I'm just going to hop online and do that now. Um, I, I'm gonna, while you're doing that, yeah. it just hit me that. I would want to also thank you guys because we, with, with a new space, comes so much beauty but also um things that go awry oh yeah (laughs) so if you for example if you have visited our parenting room the air conditioner has chosen to um descend (laughs) not the air conditioner no no the the, water from the the air conditioner yes so there's little things that you will still continue to see be fixed and uh be updated even i know a couple of you were awesome You, you noticed there were more rugs this week I know. I, know, I know you didn't think that was possible if you were here last week to see that there would be more rugs, and yet there are more rugs. There are more rugs. So, but thank you for just, I, that's the part for me that it's when it transcends from it going from someone else's church to your church. Yeah, so true. Right? When you're like, this is our place instead of this is your church. Yeah. It's our place. And I pray that the Spirit of God reminds you this week that even though there are difficult places that you have to go that he has given you a place to come home to and if we have ever been able to have a deeper appreciation for that it's now Amen. and so i thank you for what you have already helped to build yes you have already helped yes. to build this space yes. this home this place this arena of safety and we're so grateful for that so great but we're also excited because God always has more for us to engage with. And that always equates to him, to him as people's hearts. Awesome. Why don't we stand? Let's yeah, just pray let's everybody. everybody We're going to let everybody go. Hey, guys, we, we are so grateful as we get ready to go today. We are so grateful that you came. Entirely grateful that you're here. We'll invite you to come back next week and be a part of this. Thank you for, by the way, allowing us the breath to re-enter. We won't always just have one worship song and we won't always have to wear masks. We won't always have certain things. But what I know is this, that right now as we are re-entering, as you are re-entering, for some of you, this may be the first time you've been around so many people. I know last week, Danielle, it was like your first time being around like more than me. Yes. (laughs) Pray for her. She was around me for like a year. But this, this is what family does. This is what we do. We take time to hear God and listen and trust. And so thank you for being a part of that. Thank you for letting us, giving us the space. Hey, D. All right, let's pray, church. We deeply love you And we give ourselves away To be carried away Teach us to let 
you hold us. God, I pray that that is something that you teach us more and more this week. Not just how to hold on to you, but God, to truly let you hold us so that you can carry us into the places, to the depths, to the healing, to the wholeness that you have assigned to our lives, Jesus. We treat you with honor. We thank you that your presence has filled this place today, God. And I pray that you would surround people, Lord. There are people that are not feeling well today, God. There are people that are unsure about things in their future. Oh, God, I pray that you would encamp them today right now, God, that they would understand that there is not a distance when it concerns you. And God, I pray that you would minister to their souls, to their bodies, and to their spirits, Lord. And we, together as a church, we speak life. We speak life where there is whispers of death. Oh, we speak life. We speak life eternal because you are our faithful God. Thank you for showing just how faithful you are to us. In your name, God, we pray. Amen. 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 Yes. Happy Sunday, church. God bless you we guys. Love you. Have a great, have a great holiday today. See you next week.